Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. Good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here, and special Resurrection Week greetings to all of you as we celebrate the risen Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Thank you so much for being part of Lighthouse Live. Special greetings to those of you joining us around the world via our podcasting network, those of you on Radio Waves as well. And Elaine, I, I can't think of a better time to celebrate renewal, and that's what we're talking about tonight with our good friend Gardal. Absolutely. Is, uh, just uh, how God transforms uh-huh. lives and, and renews lives in great ways. And friends, uh, of course, Gardal is an old friend. Well, you're not old, Gardal. No, I'm not, not, I'm not saying that. But, <laughs> that's rewind. But you're a friend for a long time. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> old <now>. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be, uh, we'll be checking in with Gardal in just a, a few moments. And friends, again, we so much appreciate uh, your prayer support and your financial support of Advancing Vibrant Communities as well. Uh, we're now uh, over 900 volunteers strong. Celebrate, and isn't that neat? Oh, I mean, yes. uh, you look back a year ago, I think we had, what, four or 500 yes. and praying for a 1,000, and it won't be long now. And, and uh, friends, God is just blessing your commitment mm-hmm. to step outside the four walls of your homes and your churches to personally serve the needs of others. And, you know, we... Uh, Come back to this wonderful passage. I know you've heard it before. I know you've heard it before. But it's worthwhile to come back and listen to it, especially as we've been celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Again, that uh, from James 2, 16 through 17, obviously we're not talking about a salvation issue there. But uh, friends just got back from a conference where like-minded city reachers gathered together, uh, by the way, in Iowa. In, Cedar uh, Rapids. Cedar Rapids. Yes. I, I had never been to Cedar Rapids. I didn't even know there was. Now and, you do. But now I do. Been there and done that. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it was just absolutely incredible to sit down with other city reachers yes. and just rejoice in what God is doing. And, you know, uh, Elaine, there is a movement. Mm-hmm. There's a movement across America to get outside the four walls and personally touch the needs of others. And Thank God. if, if yes. we can just uh, give you some encouragement, friends, know that you have brothers and sisters across this nation mm-hmm. who are committing their lives mm-hmm. to that in very powerful ways and making sacrifices like many of you are. And uh, so, friends, uh, take joy, take encouragement mm-hmm. and motivation that yes. we need to keep on keeping on right. doing what we're doing in the name of Christ to uh, love our neighbors as ourselves. And, Elaine, you know, one of the interesting insights uh, that... Uh, 
one of the speakers brought up at this conference was in that first part of Matthew 22, mm-hmm. uh, 37 through 40 that we often quote. Yes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You know, if we look at, if we go back to that section where Jesus, uh, in, 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 is, in Matthew is separating the goats and the sheep. Right. And, uh, in that future time, which I believe is a, a real thing that, that's going to happen, the sheep are very, very humble. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, wow, Lord, when were you in prison and we visited you? You know, yes. when were we hungry and gave you? When were you needed to be clothed and we clothed you? Like, Man, we're, you know, we, we've tried and man, we just missed it. Mm. And Jesus said, when you did it to the least of these, mm. you did it to me. Yes. And really, loving God is serving others because we are serving Christ when we're reaching out yes. and we're meeting the needs of someone because the least of these are Christ waiting for us to serve him. Amen. So on both ends of that, Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40, serving the Lord your God with everything you have is reaching out and, and serving others in the name of Christ. So we just want to encourage you. Yes. Well, let's, uh, let's check in very quickly on the international scene with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another group of real-life Jesus freaks. Why would 10 young Russian Christians gather in a cemetery around the tomb of a martyr? Well, in the Soviet Union 50 years ago, bishops of the state were allowed only to ordain ministers approved by the Communist Party. So these men gathered praying secretly to be ordained by the Holy Spirit. One explained, It is like the church in the first centuries. What seminaries did those attend who turned the world upside down for Christ? We are ordained by the pierced hands of Jesus. It's a good reminder that you and I don't need to wait for official government approval to serve God. For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. Isn't that a powerful oh, message? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, in our Western world, we, we get kind of wrapped up. You know, the, the pastor is the hired gun. Mm. You know, he or she is the guy that you hire to go out and do ministry. And in, in God's economy, that, that's just backwards. Something wrong with that. Right? The, the pastor's job really is to equip the saints for service and send them out. And all of us, if we call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our ministers, we are uh, ambassadors for Christ. And, uh, you know, don't wait for a cemetery, I mean, a seminary training. To, <clears throat> did well, I say that? Slip, you did. Oh, you did. I didn't mean but that. But it bears repeating. No. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm studying at a wonderful seminary. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm just, I'm really digging myself into a hole I don't want to dig myself into. So, you know who's going to rescue me is Brad our friend Brad Dacus. Let's go there really quick. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Michael Newdow and his latest frivolous lawsuit are on the defensive. Pacific Justice Institute, as the only co-defendant with the federal government to defend in God we trust, is filing for dismissal of the case. We are citing numerous cases where many Supreme Court justices have supported the 140-year-old national motto. Newdow also claims that any belief supported by our government must have the support of all to be constitutional. Ridiculous! 
In contrast, we have pledged to support the city of Lodi, which is erecting a plaque proclaiming, In God We Trust. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Mike Douglas with you along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, our predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, and uh, Big John with yes. us as well. And uh, so we uh, are so grateful that you're joining us again this evening. And, mm-hmm. Elaine, we've got some uh, local opportunities to serve coming up. We do, Mike. This is from the Linda Hand list from our friends at the United Way. Interfaith Ministries, our good friends there, you know, they help provide food for the needy individuals and families in our community. And they have done so this year, um, serving up thousands and thousands of dollars worth of meals, uh, giving out formula, baby food to low-income residents in Modesto, Empire, Salida, and in Ceres. And the food pantry there needs volunteers to interview clients and offer support, uh, referrals, and bag grocery orders, and stock shelves, and all kinds of things. So you might want to help out there. That would be a great thing indeed. Also, you can uh, become an everyday hero with our friends at the American Red Cross. Volunteers are needed to train, to become instructors, to teach people of all ages life-saving skills, first aid, and CPR, and that's through the American Red Cross Health and Safety Program, and uh, they are, it's all led by volunteers, this organization, and they provide relief to victims of disaster, and they help prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies. You might want to volunteer to uh, give at the Delta Blood Bank. You may want to give blood, or you may want to be a friend. <laughs> I saw that. We've done that once before, haven't we? You know, uh, if, if they could hit my vein on the first try, I'd be... What's up with that? <laughs> Mr. Al oh, says he... The, the prayer intercessor says, I can hit your vein on the first try. Oh, that, let's try that right here. You know and, what uh, might be more fun, guys, is to serve refreshments and uh, visit yeah, with donors, true. with other people who are giving you know, that is so Really, that is really an important is. thing, and especially in our area here. You know, you know the, the, the blood levels in, in, in the banks are... Are, are low, and, and what a great way to serve. Because you never know when you might need it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know? That's right. uh, they need people-friendly volunteers uh, to make donors feel comfortable. Uh, when they're giving blood and, and just appreciate it before they leave the blood bank. So flexible volunteer uh, hours are available there. And if you have any questions on volunteering about any with any of these uh, people, call Barbara Borbish. She'll be glad to hear from you. 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, area code 209-524-1307, extension 113. And that's the Linda Hand list from the United Way. And, you know, we don't want to forget to mention the Teen Challenge uh, golfing event coming up. It's the ninth annual Teen Challenge Golf Tournament. I don't know if you followed the Masters Tournament recently. Now, for one who's not really into golf, I was really rooting for Phil Mickelson. I don't know if you're, you know, Phil Mickelson or Tiger Woods or whatever, but you just may want to swing a golf club and, and uh, benefit. You know, if, if, I, if I did that, somebody <laughs> might, might need the blood bank the way I golf. And which so they, maybe need they better do both. The lots blood bank more and volunteers. The we better keep Pastor yeah. Mike off the golf course. That's a good idea. But this is a, a, an event coming up to benefit the great, great uh, organization of Teen Challenge. And it's happening on Monday, May 15th at Stevenson's Ranch Golf Course. And that's, of course, in Stevenson. And uh, if you want uh, more information, just get a hold of the folks at Teen Challenge and uh, get yourself all fixed up for that. Well, well, and, and what servant hearts? Oh, you know, Dennis Whitman. Oh. Uh, 
What a story. We need to get Dennis you know, together with Gardal sometimes. What we, do you think? You know, that'd be dynamite. Get oh, you two would, guys in the same be, room. You know? Yeah, that'd be a, I mean, God would touch down in an incredible way. It, it's yeah. almost <laughs> like, Gardal, you really almost don't need an introduction here at Lighthouse Live because people hear you speak and they say, oh, I know that voice. It's Gardal <laughs> Wilson. But it's great to have you back, my friend. Thank you for joining us oh, again this week. And, and uh, uh, just so appreciate the ministry that you have now. Not to make you sound old or anything. I know we kind of got on an old old thing. (laughs) We can call Pastor Michael. I'll cop to that. And and (laughs) Elaine even older. But anyway, let's not go there. (laughs) You know, your story goes back a long ways, Gardal. And and for those of uh, uh, who may be listening, perhaps who don't know about your background and the ministry that you're in and what God gave to you several years back, why don't you bring us up to date and share some of your life with us? Well, what God gave to me several years back was a new life. Mm, uh, amen. He gave me a new life, uh, a new a new heart, a new perspective, and a new mm-hmm. vision on what it is that I believe he wants me to do. Um, I was out there in these streets, strung out on drugs, mm-hmm. conning people out of their money, anything else that I could get a hold of, just uh, a wretch, just literally lost. And um, he found a place for me. I could, he could get my attention and get me prayed up and cleaned up mm, and, mm. and focused on him. And that was California State Department of Corrections. Mm. He put me in a smaller box where um, I couldn't hurt myself anymore, mm. where I couldn't mm-hmm. continue to put myself in jeopardy um, doing the things that I was doing. He put me in a safe box with prison guards to keep me safe and mm. watch over me to come past my bed at night and count to make sure I was breathing and that I was there. And he gave me the opportunity to increase my education so that I could do the things that I'm doing now. Mm. So my five years that I spent in prison were one of the biggest blessings to me in my life and maybe the most major blessing that the Father has has given me. You know, isn't it amazing how God takes the yucky stuff in life? Mm, Yes. You know, if we're available, available. if we're available and, and turns it to his glory, and uh, now he's using you in such powerful ways to uh, help people who've, who've walked down paths that, that you once walked. Same path. Mm. You know, it's, he's, he, I believe he has a plan for all of us. Yes. But we have to want to listen and see what that plan is. And we have to be broken, don't we, Gardal? Oh, Those five years where you were listening, you, it, it takes the, the, a total and complete brokenness. A broken vessel. Mm. You have to be broken. Before you can, many of them in the um, in a world in the drug world call it um, rock bottom. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, uh, and that doesn't mean uh, uh, financially destitute, not no, necessarily uh, homeless, no. or ailing, ailing very badly. That means complete surrender, mm-hmm. knowing that there is no other way. You can't see any other light. There is no other way that you're going to make it, and you call out upon him. Mm-hmm. You know, Gardal, I, I think as you know, as we examine that truth, that many times when when phases and seasons of our life are going well, you know, we we cannot surrender. No. You know, and uh, and you meet so many folks that you know are showing up every week to church, or they're attending all the Bible studies, and they're singing in the choir, and they're ushering, and they're doing all you know the right things on the outside, but they're dying on the inside. And let's let's park on that issue of surrender. Yes, we use that uh, word a lot. Don't a little we? bit. Mm. Yeah. What what does that really what does that really mean when you get down to it? For me, with surrendering was, <clears throat> excuse me, realizing that my way was not the way, mm. and for me to understand that I needed God in my life 
to live. Uh, he gave me the uh, desire to want to live. Mm. He gave me the desire to know that I am loved. And my family and all the friends that I had abundantly loved me, but Gardal didn't love Gardal. Mm. Mm. And until I was able to see what it is that he wanted me to do, I had no, I had no reason to live. I didn't care anymore. I was just out there in the drugs and just come what may. The end, let it be the end. The shame of it. I am the oldest of my family. Mm. I am the only one that has ever been incarcerated mm. and involved in, the, in drugs and the type of things, the, the wrong things that I was doing. So it took for me to be able to see that, hey, I am worthy. Valued. Mm. And valued. Mm. And that I am better than I have been. What does, uh, what does it mean to you uh, to know that, uh, and I, I would imagine that somebody was praying for you along the way. Somebody didn't, you know somebody didn't give up on you, did they? That's right. <laughs> A lot of people, congregations of people. <laughs> and your mother, bless her heart. Oh, my queen. Yes. Uh, the one that kept telling you to tell me, Gardal, integrity. Mm. You have to have the I, mm. and that's integrity. And that comes with honesty, humbleness, and being able to walk with God. Mm. And it comes along with that. And until you develop the eye, you'll still be lost. Did you have to hit the wall a few times, Gardal, before? No, the wall hit me. <laughs> 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 Fell on no me. No doubt about <laughs> the it. The whole oh, building, my it goodness. took that. Um, yes. I, I realized now that there was no other way that I was going to be able to be sitting here speaking with you now and doing the things that we're doing in our communities. We're so glad you are. Um, if I hadn't have been hit by that mm -hmm. wall, mm -hmm. I was hard-headed. I was mm -hmm. hard-hearted, as, uh, as the word says. I had a hardening of the heart. And um, it took five years of in that safe box that he put me in, prison, mm -hmm. to understand what it is that he wants for me to do. And that was just to grow and to be a vibrant person giving mm -hmm. back what I've been giving all my life. I've been given and given and given. And it takes what it takes, doesn't it? It takes what it takes. And from some people, that rock bottom is a level of different things. Mm. A lot of different things that it comes to um, open your eyes and say, okay, Lord, I, I surrender. I surrender. I can't do this on my own. You know, in addition to the surrender, uh, a lot of times we will um, refer to Second Corinthians 5.17, don't we? Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, isn't he? The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And that's uh, definitely uh, what happened in those five years that oh, you spent inside that box. For me, um, Mark 10.27. Mm, yes. Okay. With, with God, all, all things, things are possible, mm -hmm. even yeah. fixing guard off. Oh, boy. You know, and he's still every day molding me more and more. Well, you know, and, and that's an interesting point, Gardal, because, uh, you know, I think sometimes in our Western Christian mindset, yes. we start to put things in boxes and we think, well, um, you know, I'll put, put the religious thing in, in, in this box. And the old has come, you know, the, 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 the new has come, the old is gone is like a light switch. Right. Boom. Yes. Okay. The stuff uh, that, that's supposed to go away and, and it's all new. And, you know, it's a process, isn't sure it? Sure it is. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't go just like that. And I'm sure there's probably another meaning or deeper meaning in that passage because I couldn't see it just happen like mm, overnight. That's right. You know, there was still, you have, you have dues to pay. You have a, a path that you've got to walk. You've got to come back and face 
embrace the people that you've hurt. Mm. Um, uh, make amends, uh, yeah. you know, as the mm-hmm. word says, to come forth and apologize and try to make amends in the best way you can. But the best way that I found was just to change my way of behaving, mm. to change my way of thinking. And a lot of times those amends occur because you did that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And there were many times when I was confronted in public, you know. Hey, I remember mm-hmm. you. You're the mm-hmm. guy that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. All I could tell, say to that person was, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I want to apologize to you for any wrong I've done. Mm-hmm. And if it's financial, give me the opportunity to try to pay it back. Wow. Mm-hmm. But um, there was like, you know. 50 people in <laughs> uh, in three months when I first got out and came home. Well, you know, know and the and family, yeah, the family's a, a, a big area too, Gardel. I know a lot of times at the packed meetings you will share with the prisoners, uh, exactly. the parolees just getting out, that you know what, you put your families through literally hell when you Exactly, when well, we are speaking to these guys that just come home, um, many of the other speakers speak on, you know, welcome home, and, and, and we all do mean that. Mm-hmm. But I also want to put to them the understanding of that, as I tell them in the meetings, your families are sick of you going to prison. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're tired of you continually f- charging them financially, the money that you have to pay for, the collect phone calls, the gas just to come and visit you, the, uh, the boxes and all the different things that you need, your hygiene products, all these things come from whom? From the families. Mm-hmm that are already strapped without you being there. And it gets into some high financial dollars. Well, and, and, and this is, uh, I think, an unintended and somewhat invisible outcome, Gardal. Let's say that a, a guy is out there and, and he's dealing drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably bringing in some, yeah. some good money. Uh, so he gets busted and exactly. is taken off the street, There's goes to prison. There's an income gone. Where's mm-hmm. the, what's the family doing? There's an income gone from yeah. the family. Absolutely. And that leaves mom mm-hmm. to try to figure out what she's going to do now. Yeah. Okay, she's got to become now mom and dad, mm-hmm. and which usually sometimes trickles down to her mom's selling the drugs that dad was selling before he got yeah. busted, yeah. using his connections and things like that to just to keep money and food on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, bad it's a money, vicious but cycle, isn't a vicious it? cycle mm-hmm. again, ungodly. There's no God in that. Well, I would imagine that within the breadth of our signal and the podcasting network here that. There's someone, a family or two, that has a loved one in uh, in prison. Gardle, what can we say to them to provide some encouragement? Uh, you know, because it, it, like you said, it's uh, it's a tough road for the fa- tough road for the guy or the gal inside. It's a tough road for the folks back home. Sometimes yeah. even tougher for the folks back home. Mm-hmm. Okay, there. When you go to prison, you take your family to prison with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They may not have com- committed any crime at all in their lives, but they're in these prisons, we're visiting and different things like that. You know, mm-hmm. but as you said, it it's a toll and it trickles all the way down through the whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sad. But uh, many suffer. And then you've got another generation of children who are the victims yes, of yes. this that may possibly watch dad the whole time mm-hmm. selling, learning how to do just that, sell drugs, make money. It's hard for that kid that's walking down the street, going to school in a hand-me-down shoes, and mom mm-hmm. and dad are scraping just to make ends meet, and walking past that drug dealer leaning on his Mercedes Benz mm-hmm. with the gold and the bling-bling rings mm-hmm. and thousands of dollars in his hand. Telling the kid, hey, listen, come on, I can show you how to live like this. Yeah. Okay? What do you think that child's going to look at? Yeah. His dad is struggling and uh, never hardly home, working two or three jobs just to make ends meet, mm-hmm. or that gangbanger down there, or that drug dealer down there, with everything from the women to the money to the cars. Sure. And this is what 
we they pass by and see at all times. Unfortunately, in our society, this lifestyle is being glorified Incredible in our communities. Pressure isn't in, in the media, too. The media, the music, you know, then, yeah. our athletes, all of these different things that impress our children at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opportunity, Gardal, to speak to young people from time to time? And At all times. Something? And it's a, you know, the really disturbing thing about it is most of my parolees are becoming younger and younger and younger. Wow. There are fathers and sons in prison at the same time. Okay. Uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting 19, 20-year-old parolees coming out of prison. If you're 18, you're old enough to go to prison. Yeah. Coming out of prison at 19, 21 years old. Because it's cool to go to prison in their uh, minds, isn't it? Yeah. It just strives. Yeah. yeah. What happens, uh, you know, and, and let's take the problem, Gardal, is without Christ, you know, all, all the programs in the world without Christ aren't doing a whole lot, are they? Yeah, exactly. When you asked me a moment ago, what was my suggestion for those families that are there and for the guys that are locked up? And I have no other answer for you. I have found no other answer but God. Mm-hmm. Prayer. There is power in prayer. Yeah. And I had a lot of people praying for me, so I, I'm a living example. Mm-hmm. I know. But there's no other way. You can come up with every way you want to. Mm. There is no other way but through Jesus. And I love the way you express that at the PACT meetings. I mean, this is an open forum where people all over the community gather twice a monthly for these parolees who are getting out of prison. And it's all about, you know, reducing that recidivism rate. These people are there to take advantage of um, the organizations, the AVCs there. You guys are there at None Forgotten. The first time ever in history. Ever in California history has the police and corrections yeah. gotten together to actually do something to keep them from going back to prison. Mm, that used to be job security for the parole officers. No parolees, no parole officer needed. <laughs> but that's not the way it is anymore now. They are truly, I'm, I, and I know it for a living fact, I'm part of the team. You and Elaine and Mike mm-hmm. and Pastor Michael, mm-hmm. all of the advancing communities are all part of the team. Mm-hmm. And we can, we've been able to see the difference. Amen. Mm-hmm. Haven't we? Uh, Absolutely. When you connect with these people, when they get out and they have needs and those needs are met, they turn their lives around. It's awesome. Awesome. Because they don't have to go back where they came from. You didn't. No, they don't. And you tell them, I'm not going back. I'm not. (laughs) But only through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. And you express that, too. I want to keep on saying that. It's not guard hall. It's the Lord, my God, in in me. You do something uh, very incredible with a $20 bill. Share what that is, (laughs) Uh, Well, I I, I take a $20 bill and... uh, during my presentation and in my speech, I, I hold a $20 bill up and I tell him, I'm going to give this $20 bill to one of you uh, today before I, leave, before I leave off the stage. And um, But first, I'm going to crumble this $20 bill up. And I crumble it up really good. And I hold it back up in my hand. I said, now, who still wants this dollar bill? And the hands go well, up. the hands go on <laughs> up. And I said, okay, great. And I take that dollar bill and I throw it on the ground and I just stomp it. And I smash it and I grind my heel in it. (laughs) And I hold it up again and say, who wants this $20 bill? And amazing enough, there's not many hands up anymore. Mm. And so as I say to them, I tell them, I say, well, you know, this is just like life. And this is just like the things that you may be going through. You may feel crumpled at times. You may feel dirty and smashed into the ground and not worth anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, but now who still wants this $20 bill? And the one guy held his hand and he says, I'll take it. Mm. And I said, just like that $20 bill, no matter how dirty you get, how low you've been crumbled, you are still 
valuable to God. Amen. That has such an impact. And then you hand then it, I give the then you bill to, somebody. to him, you know, and everybody else is going, oh, wow, I wish I raised my hand. <laughs> but you know, that makes a powerful point, Gardal, because Absolutely. you were talking just a few moments ago about the self-esteem issue. Because when you arrive at that place, many people do not have any. They don't feel that worth and that value no. that you were talking about. You know, it's, it's um, again, from generations and generations of, of families, dysfunctional, um, no God, no religion, no spirituality, and they're lost. They literally, they come to the program sometimes, they have no desire to do any better. The ones that just really hurt, break my heart are the ones that you do everything you possibly can for, and they turn right around and walk away and walk mm-hmm. right back into the prison yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all of the opportunities that are go out there now that we're doing for them through PACs, through vibrant communities, through non-forgotten, through angels of hope, all of these different agencies that are really, really trying to reach out and just give to see him walk away and not want it, that still bewilders me to this day. Mm. And as my mother has told me several times, Gordo, all aren't going to make it. Amen. And I have a problem, you know, believing that, but it is so, and I'm finding it out so, and it's, it saddens me. It you does. know, that, that is one of the heartbreakers of the business, so to speak, that mm-hmm, we're in. Mm-hmm. Reaching out to people in need. And, and But, you know, I, I keep going back and watching Christ walk on this earth, and you know what? He didn't bat a thousand either. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? I mean, That's the rich right. young ruler. That's right. You know, uh, what do I have to do? And the and, uh, Lord told him, and it just wasn't worth it to him, and he walked away. And uh, really, there's, you know, we talked about surrender a, a minute ago, Gardal. So, sometimes we want to fix the people. Yes. And, and it becomes almost a. Uh, I don't say ego thing for us, but it, it it's we, a we just challenge. It's a cha- we, yeah. we so much yeah. want to yes. see them change. Yes. We so much want to see yeah. hope in their life. Yes. And you know the the thing is that God has said, you know, I'm giving you a choice. Yeah. And sometimes part of that surrender guard all is it also surrendering the people we're working with to the Lord. Yeah, there have been many. Yeah. There have been many, and um, that's all I can do. But it still bothers me. It yeah. Really oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so young, that gets me too, with no vision or no, no, there's no, there's no vision of hope. It's just hopeless. Them being hopeless. They walk past our places daily with just wandering aimlessly, nowhere to go. But again, they've got people praying for them, yes, they planting do. those seeds, and you never know. Congregations, well, and, moms. And you've got that picture of Christ on the cross. That's right. That we just celebrated not too long ago. Amen. And he's he's seeing into the future, and he knows some people are going to walk away, you know. And it's got to be, boy, we think it's tough. Imagine Christ going through all that pain and suffering, and exactly. knowing that some people, you know, even even though he made that such a tremendous sacrifice, some will reject him, some will and that not. it does it breaks your heart, doesn't it? They're yes, going to continue to struggle on, and you know, anyone who has ever battled with addictions, whether it's drugs and alcohol, food, sex, gambling, and find your your recovery in Christ finally, then you can relate to this song from the Katinas. It's called One More Time on Lighthouse Live. Lord, I saw your face this night when I looked in the sky, you were smiling. You told me it would be okay. You would make a way in my dark times. Every time I hear. 
Live with Pastor Mike Har- and Elaine Harlan and our great friend Gardal Wilson from None Forgotten Sober Living. Gardal, it's great to have you. You know, the encouragement, uh, the words of that song, he's the one who helps us make it one more time, the one more day, one. isn't he? That's right. That's right. When you've got the Lord and Jesus Christ and so many programs are out there for folks who are struggling with addictions and whatever those addictions may fall, Maybe. whatever category, exactly. there are ways out. And why don't you tell us about uh, the, the provision that uh, None Forgotten Sober Living has for men and, and also for women. But Oh, absolutely. Well, um, we just... I, when I first started, I had a women's facility, and um, it was just a little too difficult for me to handle and concern because I wasn't really in tuned in with just all of the issues that come along with addiction, addiction mm-hmm. and w- with female, with women, because it is a much more complicated type of addiction also. Um, there are children that are involved, mm-hmm. um, things in that nature. But the main thing about it is that if you don't rely on the Lord, and I rely totally on God, I had to learn to trust in Him totally. There are times when I don't know 
what we're going to do as far as. <laughs> we can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we're going to make it this month yeah. or uh, if, um, you know, if this and that's going to go uh, correctly. And I just learned to just stop worrying, mm-hmm. just pray on it. Mm-hmm. And he has never once failed us. Isn't me. he awesome? We I mean, see that too. We moved into one house on a corner. And now we have five. We have the block. We have the block. Oh, you own the block. We have the block. It's his block. I don't own own anything. But um, just to be a part of what he's doing, you know, I have to tell many people all the time, man, God, you've done so much over here. I've done nothing but what my father has directed me to do. You're being obedient to what he's telling you. And inclining my ear. You you have to learn to listen to hear his voice. Mm And that's where all my faith comes from. At times that there are people saying, I don't know, you're not, I don't know how you're going to do it. Uh, I, I, I don't do anything. My father does it all. It's not mm-hmm. mine, it's his. Five so houses. He's not going to let his fall. That's right. You know? So yeah, we have five houses. It's just amazing. Isn't that kind of freeing, Gardal, when we turn the results over to the Lord? It's and, easier. Isn't it? <laughs> so much you easier. And I, I don't think I've mastered it. that yet. Oh, you got you to come on, I'll show you how. <laughs> Garnell's giving lessons. Come on over there and spend a few hours in the program. I'll show you how. Five houses, Garnell. Tell us what goes on in these homes. Well, we've got, uh, there are different houses. We try to um, keep age groups, um, the younger uh, men in housing the same house. Mm -hmm. And we've got some people that are from Turning Point. Uh, Some uh, some of our clients have mental illness, but are well-functioning and able to care for themselves uh, to a certain degree. Uh, We have parolees. Uh, that are in an, another house, um, and we have a house that whatever you're doing, if you're working, you live in this house, and that house is really independent living, where these guys are going to work all day, every day. Usually, I don't see them until in the evenings. They come in, they have their meals. Where do they work? Uh, all places? over town. They got construction, Christ. electricians. So many of these guys coming out of prison are skilled mm. laborers. We see that at the teachers. Yes. Oh, so many, so many were had functioning jobs and really, really were contributing people of this community before they fell to the the evil of the drugs. Mm. So um, we've got carpenters, drywallers. Electricians, landscapers, <laughs> you know, landscapers of all professions. Mm. So, and that was another wonderful thing about God. A light a fuse blows or something like that. We got a guy right there, there that are. takes care of it and gets it done, you know. So it's just continually, continually showing us who he is and not to be worried about it. Gardall is, you know, and, and we have benefited as uh, an agency that connects yes. people with opportunities to serve. We've had some opportunities for your men to come and serve with us. What does it do for a guy who's been incarcerated for a while to be in a position where he's just volunteering and giving back? It, it humbles my guys, and it gives them a feeling of self-esteem. Okay, because most of our people, when you guys call upon us, mm-hmm. as you know, it's usually maybe it's handicap or the elderly mm-hmm. that can't yes. get all this heavy furniture moved right, and, right. and no trucks and can't afford the U-Hauls and things like that. So our guys just band together. We get what we got and we go on over there and get the job done. We love partnering with you, Gardal, and Unforgotten Sober Living. I tell you, when ABC calls and, and we connect with you, now whether it's a need that you guys may have right. or a referral or something right. that you send our way right. there's something really neat that takes place there isn't there and there's anointing it's a healing mm. okay it's the completion of god's work he doesn't come back void as it says Amen. everything that he has his hand on everybody prospers and these guys don't get paid Mm. They go and do this out of the the volunteer of their heart. Yes. You know, and I'll ask them, how does that feel with no money? And you're not getting any money. How does that feel? 
Mm. They go, they, some of them just cry. Mm. Just look right and walk wow. away. Yeah. Amen. Oh. True servants' hearts. And ready to go for the next one. Mm. And you know, these mm. guys come out, and like you said, they're gifted, they're talented, they have skills that they can use, and they're getting hired out in the community. They're getting hired out what in the community. What would you say to the business community, uh, To give these guys a chance. Amen. Well, because they've checked that box on the application that says felony, mm. give them an opportunity to at least hear in the interview what it is and, and what the situation was. Uh, I, every 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 businessman, is, of course, is going to protect his, his business and his company. He's going to be careful of the people that he hires and brings within, uh, within his walls. But I'm saying to them just to put that aside for a moment and give these guys a chance. Read that resume. Um, you know, give them a chance to explain to you why that felony box has been checked. Mm. If you check back along some along a lot of lines, a lot of us have been in that very same position, and a lot of us was doing the same thing, just didn't get caught. Mm. You know, yes. so have some compassion and look back and remember when you were yes. in there, and give this guy a shot. I mean, it doesn't take much. Give him a you know? chance. Well, and, and actually, the the business person is is doing themselves a favor yes. favor aren't yes. they? you're not hiring these con- these guys that are coming out here that want to try to, to go legit mm-hmm. and actually get themselves together and get a, a and get a good job well they're going to be stealing from you or me or breaking into yeah, your store or shop sure. or even less when you're homeless and you're out there hey the main place that people go to that you can panhandle off of are stores mm-hmm. or businesses right. where they're doing their business so you got to hang out there to go where the money is at so it benefits everybody. Everyone. It's a win-win, is Everyone. It? Yes. This is a continually the police. Or unless the police are overwhelmed by calls of trespassers. Most of those are people that are panhandling in AMPMs and different stores mm-hmm. like this in the, mm-hmm. in the markets, okay? So you've got our officers out there answering these calls, uh, delays on violent things that are going on. So everyone is going to win in this. You know, that's a whole interesting thing that, that we'll, we'll talk maybe with the chief about on a future program. But police work has changed I mean, over the past <laughs> over the past couple of decades hasn't it it's, especially in our town yeah. especially in our and where we are uh, a total different face of crime and things that are going on here mm. that are high tech yeah you know high tech uh, crime high yeah. tech crime yeah. also uh, although we seem to forget a lot of it until we turn on our televisions we are at war mm, our yes, country is at yes. war yes, right. we've got our boys dying over there mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. And then we can sit in front of our TVs in this country and watch oh, Everybody Loves Raymond or, or, and laugh and, mm-hmm. and, and forget about what's going on over there. Right. And we need to be praying for our leaders yes. and for our boys that are over there yes. dying mm-hmm. daily. Amen. Gardel, you mentioned the importance of prayer. What about your guys that yes. are in your houses? Uh, what... Uh, how are they held up in uh, in we prayer? We pray in our houses. Yay. Amen. All right. All right. You're not, you're not with praying to the Lord. Don't even unpack your bag. Okay. I was just going to say, how can people get in? Our program is tough love, and it's about loving Aww. God. Yeah. Uh, we carry ourselves as gentlemen. Uh, there's mm. foul language and all that type of thing. is not allowed in there, although it flies around in there occasionally mm. uh, when you have men that are joined together and living in close quarters and coming out of the environment they come out of. Right. But uh, our overall goal is to give them a sense of direction, a goal, and they live in a structured environment. Now, they so have important. the ability to go to NA or AA, but we let it be known in there that um, God is our higher power. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. Uh, but we can't force that down their throats, no, no. per se. Right. So um, we just continue to try to walk and be an example of what God and Christians are. Now, guard all to these guys really to make this a, a successful transformation. Uh, first, we talked about that Christ has to be in it. And in order for Christ to be in it, the guy has to allow Christ in his life. 
a lot of it has to do with uh, whether they're willing to change, right? Uh, true that. Uh, and, and, and many of them come to us just going through the motions. Uh-huh. You know, well, my parole officer put me here. I've got to be here. I have Mandatory, no choice. Right. So I got to play the game and roll, mm-hmm. with, roll with the way it's got to go. But after about maybe two or three months, you, you begin these. to see a change in these guys. And that's one of the most rewarding things about doing this here. You know, um, the Lord said we're supposed to be fishers of men. Yes. And I, the best bait I've got mm-hmm. is telling them what he has done for me Amen. and showing it, Amen. trying to walk that Liv- walk. Living it out. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. so they, they watch see. me all at all times. That's sure. Right. And I have to try to represent my Jesus as best I can. Reflecting Amen. his true nature, I slip, aren't you? I slip. But uh, he continues, as he's always doing, to, to pick me up, brush me off. Well, let's, let's talk about that dynamic right there. You know, so oftentimes... We, we get in the mindset of, well, I'm going to give you the opportunity, and if, if you mess up, it's all over. Yeah, look how God works with us. He allows us to fail, doesn't he? Yes, he and how does. does that, how does that type knows. of attitude yes. play into how you handle your men? Well, it's, it's, it's just this way. Um, many programs, first offense, you're, you're out of there. You're booted out. You're booted out. Um, your money's gone because they don't refund. Oh. And uh, wow. all of a sudden, you know, uh, we got the concept, and I try to train my staff, that addicts are going to do what addicts do. You're going to find them trying to smuggle drugs into the program. You're going to find them coming in under the influence. You're going to find all these different difficulties that they're going through through adjustment, period. Um, we are very, very strict about drugs being brought in on the premises, mm-hmm. but it has happened. Have I dismissed them? Uh, a few I have and a few that I haven't. Mm. I believe that um, part of, of total recovery is relapse. Mm. I mm-hmm. truly believe that I have to, and I have to instill that in my staff to understand that these people aren't going to get it the first time. So we're going to, what, kick them out and turn our backs on them mm. because they didn't get it the first time? Ooh. No. We're going to continue to work with them. Amen. How many times did God say he was going to forgive us? That's right. And aren't okay. we thankful that he didn't turn his back on Ooh. us? So that's what we try to remember. There have been few that we've had to dismiss. Sure that just didn't want to try and we have to have that vision of that also he tells us to be good servants what he stewards with what he's given us so we have to watch over it and protect what he's given us That's and be right. uh, uh stand vigilant and full suit of armor every day amen our visit continues with gardo wilson right after this deep needs deep hurts spreading far beyond the government's ability to help Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. 
And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs and then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. ABC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. ABC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Gardal Wilson. And I tell you, as we celebrate our risen Lord, it's just great to be here. And we just hope that you, dear friends listening, are celebrating as well. And, and Gardal, we've been talking a lot about what you've got to offer all of the men at uh, Nun Forgotten Sober Living Recovery Home, a Christ-centered recovery home where people can go and get free of those addictions and, and have that celebratory uh, spirit that we have in celebration. Celebrating Christ and, and Jesus uh, in our lives. Let's talk about the women's home that you're um, connected with as well. Um, the women's agency that I'm connected with is called Angels of Hope, mm. Independent Living Services for Women. And it's a Christian-based home. Again, um, I'm the consultant there. So she wanted to pretty much um, derive her program and, and, and make her program what it is that we're doing over at Non Forgotten with the same rules and same compliance and the same structure. A lot of programs are just board and care and there's not structure. It's just that you just room and rent a room there and you're in and out. Structure is important. Structure is important yes. because then you've got uh, people that are supervising 
Um, there are rules to be followed. There are curfews. Uh, in board and care, there's not that. There's just, you're just literally running a room, so you're coming and going. There's no one working with you on your situation and your issues. But at uh, Angels of Hope, they've got a new women's facility, a brand-new home that just opened up uh, in a wonderful area. And uh, they're doing good things over there. They're taking in women. Um, it's an eight-bed facility. I was going to ask, yeah. what's the capacity? It's an eight-bed mm-hmm. facility. And they have, I think there's three beds left. It's brand new. Um, How can it be accessed? You can be accessing by calling Angel at, um, Elaine, you have the number? 209. That's area code 209 And that's for Angels of Hope. And all that's required is that you want to just get yourself clean, remain clean. And get your life back together. What about cost, Gardal? What, yeah. what, uh... Well, as, as always, we need money to run the right, program. Right. But that is not number one priority with us at None Forgotten or at Angels of Hope. We do have charity beds, and we mine are full right now, but we have charity beds where we try to give something back again to the community. What good is it going to have us to have a program there and watching all these different uh, people that just pass by without the money to get into the program? So we know that we've got to also be uh, contributing back to those that can't afford the housing and the uh, the facilities that we have. Because, you know, you never know what's going to happen to them if they don't. I mean, exactly. They're, they're going to go back. And exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easier for me to turn away and say, well, you didn't want to help me anyway and going back to what I'm doing than to turn away from me and tell you, no, I don't want your help. You know, there are many more women who need this type of help than what you might think. There's an overwhelming mm. uh, amount of population and community that is growing in our community now. Because we do not have enough women's facilities, facilities with women and children. They've got Redwoods. You've got Nirvana. Right, right. Okay, but um, uh, Gospel Mission, mm-hmm. all these different other agencies, and there's so many more that I can't uh, even remember to speak of. Agape House and these others that just come. We'll see. We'll work out something. We'll see what we can do for you. Gardal, you mentioned structure a moment ago. How does the structure in prison play into coming out, and if you don't get you know, uh, looped into one of these uh, structured uh, programs, what happens when suddenly you don't have to report, you don't have to be in bed by a certain hour, you mm-hmm. you don't have that guy checking on you or the gal checking on you a certain time. What happens when you come out and all of a sudden all those controls are gone? Absolutely. They're coming out of a controlled environment now to an uncontrolled environment. Mm-hmm. And that means that that's idle time, and that's your worst enemy, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Without anyone to... Uh, my dad used to tell me, boy, you're going to mind somebody all your life. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to tell, be telling you what to do at all times, mm-hmm. and be grateful for that, and hopefully that they are positive Christian people. Mm-hmm. But without any direction, without anyone to point, I'm going to go right back in the same circle that I was in. You know, we all need that structure, that accountability it's very, very important to have that in place. We've got ours, Ten yes. Commandments. Huh? Indeed. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, you ever think about the Apostle Paul's example as he was in prison? I know you've given that some thought. I identify with Paul. Yes. I studied Paul the whole time in, mm. in, in my uh, incarceration, times of incarceration, and he was my light. Mm. He's my soldier. Mm. What he went through and what yes, he did yes. first, persecuting the Christians, and then he became Saul. 
You know, yeah. he said uh, he said that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. And you made the statement one time you were talking about you're actually protected. If you're a man of God on the inside, there's a protection there. Speak to that a little bit. Let no weapon be forged against me prosper. Mm-hmm. If you are in the, he says, if if you're in the palm of my hand, if I am with you, who can be against Mm, you? You know, Mm. and um, that's the way I walk, and I know that I don't always do right, and my my name main redeeming thing is that my father loves me, Mm. and he knew I was going to mess up, Mm. but he says I can clean you up, and you don't have to keep messing up. So now I walk, I walk totally by faith with him. Paul certainly uh, had a prison ministry, and and uh, and the writer of Hebrews tells us not to forget the prisoners. He says that, you know, and he says, and I like when he says in James, to all trials and tribulations, count them as blessings. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, when I like when Paul says, "What I should do, I don't." Mm-hmm. I I mean, I identified so much with that verse that I don't have it correctly all the way but what I should do I don't do and the things that I shouldn't do That's right. that I do Yes. and so I mean, he, God understands our hearts he knows who we are he formed us he knows our inward parts he knew parts, us before we he? were mm-hmm. he knows those words before they leave, leave our mouths yes amen and if that's not good and strong enough for you I don't know what amen Gardal how can uh, we pray as a, a ministry here for you and uh, for the the men of uh, of your ministry here in the future. Just uh, keep us in your prayers um, that we continue to prosper and grow. I want to say right now with all glory to our Father that we are vivid, vibrant, living over there, growing. We're, good things are happening. Yes. We've become a beacon of light in that neighborhood, on that corner. There are people sometimes I see just standing there. Uh, or across the street or close to there. And I know that's because there's no, there's good things going on in there. You know? Absolutely. We'll reach out and give them a cup of coffee or, or feed them or, or give them some clothing or something like that. Reaching out and loving them and Let the them come in Christ. and shower and different things like that. These simple things that you take, you know, that you think is really nothing. It means the world to someone, doesn't it? Gardal, our friend, brother, thank, thank you, you so much for joining thank us. Thank you both for having me. And happy resurrection week to you. Amen. Thank you at home for listening. Have a blessed week and join us again next time. Thank you.